Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hey there, BreezeLine has a holiday gift just for you. One month of free internet for all your family's gift sites, book flights, and movie nights. Get reliable, fast internet with speeds starting at 100 megabits per second for just $19.99 a month. Plus, free Wi-Fi your way home for the first 12 months. And your first month is free. BreezeLine wishes you all a happy and bright holiday season. If only they could give you a little holiday relief from all the matching family outfits. Service subject to availability. New residential customers and select areas only. Visit BreezeLine.com for complete offer details. On air with Ruben J, your home for entertainment news and deep dive conversation. Here's your host, Ruben J. Hey, hey, you have tuned in to On Air with Ruben J. That's me. I'm Ruben J. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is episode, I'm calling it episode relaunch because this is a podcast that I've been doing. Uh, off and on for years, uh, over the years, and other podcasts have taken me away from doing this one right here, which I love to do. And I'm excited to be back. Now, this episode is going to be fun because I'm talking to somebody who has been an, an anomaly in my life, and he's one of the people who had always been on the list of people for me to interview, and we we'll talking about that in just a second. But if you're tuning into this podcast and you're wondering, you're saying, hey, Ruben, what am I going to get out of this podcast? What are you going to talk about on this podcast? And the big thing that I want to take away, and want you to take away for, from this intro is that I'll be talking about a lot of different things. We'll be talking about politics. We'll be talking about some religion, probably. We'll be talking about entertainment, for sure. Technology, for sure. Music, for sure. Food, probably. We'll be doing a bunch of different stuff. I'll be talking to people from different walks of life. People like my friend Lori Bischoff, who I'm in the works of reaching out to and getting around here. She's a health coach. Uh, life coach, nutrition. And I don't know if she's a nutritionist, but she does a lot of stuff with food. Got a lot of stuff going on when it comes to that. I'm working on getting my friend Gigi on the show. She's a, a chef, and she's pregnant right now. She's super pregnant. I think the baby's due any day now. Um, I'm I'm working on on working on getting some musician friends of mine on the show. I'm working on an interview with Mark Tremonti right now. I have an interview with Miles Kennedy that's up on my YouTube channel right now. So if you want to go and hear that sooner rather than later, you can go to my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash multimedia mouth, where this podcast lives. And you can listen to that now if you want, or you can wait until I give an actual analysis of the of the interview and you know, we do this. All that and more. At the end of today's show, I'll be recommending a movie that I went to go see over the weekend. And I'll also be paying tribute to you know to, to the events that happened 20 years ago this week with 9-11 so stay tuned for that i'm super excited to be talking to 
the person that's on this podcast. And just after the quick commercial break that's going to be playing here in just a second, we are going to talk to somebody who uh, at one point had the entire world in his hand and a decision that he made cost him his career and millions of dollars in the process. Ladies and gentlemen, the first guest on this podcast on air with Ruben J, and that's me, Ruben J, is Brian Dunkelman, the former co-host of American Idol. He was the co-host of American Idol on season one, along with Ryan Seacrest. And in the interview, I talked to Ryan uh, to, to Brian about his time on the show. I talked to him about Ryan Seacrest and his relationship with Ryan Seacrest. I talked to Brian about what led to his ultimate exit from American Idol. And Brian also talks about where he's at in life right now. So in about 120 seconds or so, you're going to hear from Brian Dunkelman, the former host of American Idol. He's got a, he's got a, a documentary-style movie hitting the film circuit later this fall just called Dunkelman. The trailer is up up on MultimediaMouth.com, and the link will be in the description of this podcast if you want to watch it. It looks interesting. So without further ado, Brian Dunkelman. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible, signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. <laughs> Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's time for Ruben's Deep Dive with this week's guest. Well, I'm, I'm incredibly excited to talk to this next person. Uh, I've um, 
been very interested to talk to this person for quite a while. He has a very interesting story. Um, I saw him on uh, a CNBC show not too long ago as well. Uh, so I'm excited to just kind of dive into this a little bit. Uh, the former host of American Idol and a stand-up comedian, Brian Dungleman. Brian, how you doing? I'm great, brother. Thanks for talking to me. Absolutely, man. I've actually been wanting to do this for a while. Um, there just hasn't been the right kind of in to just reach out to be like, hey, do you want to talk? Um, and so I'm glad that you have this great documentary coming out. I haven't seen it yet, and I can't wait to see it, um, where we talk about kind of the, the, the rise and the, the, the unfortunate fall of your, your career and now what you're doing now. Um, but I want to go back. I want to go back about 20 years. Um, real quick. Uh, yeah, I'd love to go back 20 years. <laughs> um, I would love you to have a time You have a time machine? Let's do I, it. I wish I did. <laughs> stop me. Go back and stop me. <laughs> so I want to know um, what you were doing before American Idol because, you know, I know Seacrest's career very well. I, I studied his career, you know, being a broadcaster. He's one of the people that we kind of study going, going into this field. Um, Brian Dunkelman isn't somebody who I was familiar with, even with American Idol, because Idol came on when I was still very young. And so I didn't watch the first four or five seasons of Idol. So when I learned years later that there was another host, I, I became obsessed with trying to learn as much about you as possible. Um, so tell me, what were you doing? before American Idol and how did you get that gig? Yeah, nobody really studies Brian Dunkelman unless it says a cautionary tale. I, uh, you know, I started doing stand-up comedy when I was 20 and then uh, I was going to college and I decided to drop out and do it full-time and made my way, I believe, to Los Angeles in 96 and uh, just started out. Uh, getting up on stage, you know, trying to figure it out. I was 25 years old and um, getting up on stage as much as I could, trying to make things happen. Got a manager, got an agent, started working little gigs on television shows. Uh, back when it was Two Guys, a Girl in a Pizza Place, that was my uh, TV debut. Uh, I was uh, customer number one. Um, did a lot of and Greg, Third Rock from the Sun, started building a little acting resume, and then I did friends. Um, but I'd also was making a little bit of a name for myself out here in stand up. I did the, uh, the HBO comedy arts festival in Aspen and, um, soon thereafter friends. And, uh, then I got a uh, development deal for my own sitcom with Castle Rock. Uh, it didn't end up going, but I pitched to all the networks and apparently somebody in the room when I pitched at Fox remembered me and had me wanted me to come in for the show uh, Pop Idol, and that uh, that was American Idol. So that's kind of how I got to where uh, you know got to that American Idol stage. I had not uh, really three thousand people auditioned before uh, they brought me in, so yeah. they had seen a lot of people for, for um, the hosting job or for, for yeah the- for for the hosting job. Wow, yeah, pretty crazy. And at that point, I was really just focusing on acting. I wasn't even going on hosting auditions anymore. But I thought, you know, they requested me. And then, uh, when, you know, I get it. So when, when you were offered the position to, to host American Idol, was it just you or did you know that you were going to be a co-host? Uh, <laughs> I went to- in I went in to do, my, uh, to do my test, my network test, which there were about, I would say, six other, six other guys, um, all all I assume pretty uh, younger than me. I believe I was 30 at the time. Um, but they kept, uh, they paired us up and they would, we would go in together and it was really all just improv. Um, 
like we were kind of just fake hosting the show. Well, they put me in with the same guy I'd already been in with. And we went in together and um, hold on one second. It's time to wake up. There we go. Um, yeah. And uh, they put they put me with another guy that I'd already been in. And some important looking people pulled us around the corner. One said to me, one said to the guy, said, okay, you want you to drive the train here. And they pointed at me and said, you just back, just back off a little bit because I, I had them in a headlock and I wasn't letting go. When I got in there, I got one laugh early on and I don't know what happened. I had them like it literally couldn't do anything wrong. And uh, I went in with this last guy and I thought, you know what? We, we either got, I either got this or I don't. Um, and I was pretty stressed out, you know, I was really drained because like, I can't possibly do any better than that. Went to a buddy's house and started drinking. And then they, uh, they, they called my, the passing director got a hold of me that we can't contact your agent or manager, but we need to know if you can come in at seven o'clock tomorrow morning. And I thought, you've got to be kidding me. I can't do this again. Uh, that guy that I went in with that, uh, guy's name is Mike Richards. And I do believe he is going to now be the new host of Jeopardy. So there's yeah. a little fun, little fun factoid for you. Uh, that guy should have been Seacrest. Wow. So the next morning I had breakfast with a guy named Ryan Seacrest. And then we, uh, then we tested together. And then the next day we were on set working together. So that's how that came down. Um, I do believe what happened is they were, they were a little reticent to give this big a job to two guys that didn't have any broadcasting experience. Um, you know, I was just a comic and a, and a, and a little bit part actor. So, uh, that's to my understanding how that really happened. I think, um, Ryan had had a, re, a former relationship with one of the American executive producers and, and, uh, I, I, that's really all I know. I think that he had pursued trying to be a judge on the show at one point, but, um, that's how it happened for me. It was, uh, right away, boom, you're done. And now you're, now you're on set. And literally two days later, I was, I was on a plane really turned my life right upside down because uh yeah i was just a broke comic and actor i didn't really know what i was doing now all of a sudden i'm doing this huge show so it's pretty cool and did you know so, yeah so looking back at it because obviously um you know we can we can look back and we can say oh my god american is such a huge show <laughs> um at the time you know i'm sure being a part of the inner workings of the show uh you you're kind of just you had blinders on. So what were your thoughts of the show in the early days? And as you guys were doing it, did you know it was going to become a juggernaut or were you just kind of like, ah, this is a failed show? Or, or when we, we saw clips that they provided of pop idol mm-hmm. and, uh, my girlfriend at the time, uh, she later went on to become my wife, watched like a couple minutes of it. And she said, this is going to be an enormous hit. She said, but you know, she, she had a singing background. She was a musical theater major, but, um, she said it right away. And you know what? It, I mean, I guess the whole country of England stopped for the finale. Uh, it was so enormous there. So that's why there was such high expectations. Um, I was really excited. And I, you know, the first day we didn't really do much. But the, uh, the second day when they really started doing the auditions, um, yeah, I mean, I was so excited and so happy to be there. It's a huge opportunity. Um, a few hours in, there there was a moment, and I talk about it in the film, where just uh, for an hour straight, every kid that came out of that room was crying. Mm. Every single one of them. And I, you know, I had gotten to know them a little bit, talking to them. I'm talking to their parents. And they, I mean, I'm, they're coming out of there just devastated. And I, I, I thought, what, what is happening right now? 
And that, that's when I knew I, I was in for something because, you know, I, I really, at, at one point, I, I excused myself. I went to the bath. I just started crying. I said, I can't believe what they're doing right now. So um, it didn't start great. Wow. That, but it was a lot different back then. A lot of people don't realize. I mean, that show was incredibly cruel first season. Yeah, and it's obviously it's changed in the in the twenty years it's been on the air. But so, the uh, the documentary is called Dunkelman. Google my name for American Idol host to Uber driver. It's the stuff dreams are made of. Is the uh, what it says <laughs> in the artwork is incredibly hilarious. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Thank you. Obviously, you you moved, you know, you moved on from the show. Um, the 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 story that had always been told is that you walked away from American Idol, and it seems like this documentary, at least from what I've picked up from the trailer of it, tells a slightly different story. Um, can you clarify a little bit about what happened in the final days of American Idol for you? Well, I can tell you that they re-signed Simon and they uh, and they re-signed Ryan, um, and. Uh, <laughs> One of my uh, most vivid memories is uh, a couple weeks after the finale of season one. It was probably it was about three or four weeks. Uh, my buddy, uh, my best friend from high school, was making his uh, his college coaching football coaching debut, uh, a D three school, Western Connecticut State, and so I went to Connecticut, and so did all of probably six or seven of my very best friends from high school, who I'm still best friends with to this day. And we went to uh, we went to support my friend, and we're sitting in my hotel room, and we're getting drunk before the game. You know, we're doing a little tailgate in my room, and uh, the TV's on just in the background, and um, it's on E. And all of a sudden, they come on, and, and there's Ryan Seacrest's picture, and they say uh, Ryan Seacrest just reportedly is re-signed for season two of American Idol for upwards of one million dollars. Still no word on co-host Brian Dunkelman, and then my picture comes on the screen. And, and the room is just silent. And then we all just burst out laughing because what the hell am I doing on television? I'm just a kid from Western New York. We just just kept drinking and, and, and had a great time. So uh, they let uh, Simon or they let uh, Randy and Paula twist for a couple months. After two or three weeks, I was just getting shredded in the press and I was losing my mind. And I thought, I, well, this is my sign. I don't want to do this anyway. I wanted to do it the right way. But they're uh, they're hanging me out to dry right now. So I just released a statement the next day, and all I can tell you is that my agent told me the next day after the Daily Variety story was released that he spoke to the head of publicity for Fox. She told him that uh, Fox 
was very shocked and very surprised. And they, his words, they figured if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So that's what I lived with this whole time. And then uh, I'm not going to give it away. You got to see the film. But it was all the truth was revealed the night right after I did that Fox finale. So um, that's the cliffhanger. I'm going to have to just let you see the film to see what what I uh, what I found out that night. Yeah, and then obviously, you know, you've been very open over over the last 20 years that you've you've struggled to get work in, in television, and uh, your mm-hmm. career kind of kind of dried up, and ultimately you became you know an Uber driver. Um, well, that's that's that. If you're watching a show on uh, CNBC or whatever network that was on, that is exactly what was presented to you, and that is not true because they decided to uh, edit out the truth. So um, I went through an extremely, extremely difficult time with my uh, son's mother, and I had to stop doing stand-up because I could no longer leave town because I had to take care of my child. But they did not include that in the show because it didn't fit their narrative. The narrative they wanted on that show was people that had screwed up their lives and so that Alex could come in and fix it, but that's that's not what I did. Yeah, can I can I be honest with you about that show? Um, I, I, sure. I, I liked the the concept of the show. Um, I you know, and, and I believe Marcus Lemonis was was a producer on the show, and, and I love what he I does. Don't remember movie. Marcus. Um, I, I think there, I think he was partnered on the show somehow. He, he's uh, on the profit, but I you know, and I loved all the episodes before yours, and and, and the the couple that came on afterwards. Your episode kind of pissed me off because I felt like they portrayed you as as lazy and unmotivated and um, not at let all. Let me tell you. Let me tell you something right now. I didn't even watch it okay. because I was so furious about the way that they were doing things, and I was told I was going to own and operate my own business. That whole thing was a sham, and uh, I don't really care anymore. Mm. But here's the thing. Uh, I don't care about keeping my mouth shut because this is what reality television is. And this is what I exposed about American Idol. I've been, in, I've been involved with three reality shows, American Idol, Celebrity Fit Club, and uh, Back in the Game. They're all the same. It's all dishonesty. It's all, it's all manipulation. And it's all deception. And they use creative editing to do whatever they want. And that's what reality television is. That's what's getting fed to the American public. And all I'm talking about uh, in, in the documentary is what I saw in American Idol and for people to make up their own minds. But as far as that back in the game, yeah, they made me look the way they wanted me to look. And it was very obvious from the, the second day of shooting. And I chose to uh, mask how ridiculously upset I was and just went with it and told them, you know what, you don't just, I, I was going to get a real estate license, help me with that. They paid for it. I opened the book. I read one chapter. I threw it out. I'm not a real estate agent. I've never stopped doing stand-up. I, I, I stopped doing it for three years, and I had to make a living. So I did Uber Drive so that I could be here for my kids every day and not be on the road you know, talking about my dick in front of strangers. I just kind of thought it was a little bit more important to protect my son. So um, the reason I didn't say anything at the time is because I got this outpouring of of people that were so, so just generous and, and, uh, and, and they were, they're overwhelming with how much they enjoyed the show and my transformation. And I'm like, well, why am I going to shit all over this? Yeah. I'm not going to say anything. 
I didn't, like I said, I didn't even watch it because I knew the way they manipulated everything. So um, that, that was not, that was not real. Well, let me, put it that way. I, I'm glad to hear that because I, 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 you know, obviously I was happy to see that you were getting your life back on track, but there was something there that just, it didn't seem right to me. So I'm glad that you've, op- you know, you've, you've opened yeah, up about that here. And, it was disgusting. And you've also, um, period. Yeah. And you've, you've given me a couple headlines to work with as well. So let's talk about the documentary because this is what we're here for. It's Dunkelman, Google my name. It's, it's hopefully yeah, coming out. I don't, I don't speak about, I don't speak about back in the game or anything. I just focus on idol because that's what people know me from. But, yeah. um, this is me just not, I don't, can I swear? Yeah, go for it. I, 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 yeah, I don't give a fuck anymore. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Like, I don't know when the next pandemic or alien invasion is coming. Like, <laughs> what, what, what's life, what's life going to be now? So this is my chance. And, uh, I was approached. I didn't make this decision. This is what, this is what the universe put in front of me during the pandemic. And somebody approached me and, and, uh, and this is what's happening. So, um, yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Go no, for it. No worries. You, you can head over to multimediamouth.com and the, the trailer is up um, and it's it's set to hit the festival uh, routes this, this fall. Um, so I, I, I saw the trailer and I was instantly intrigued by the story that you're telling. Um, it, it came off as the... F- I feel like it's the first time that you are opening up in, in an honest way with no filter, mm-hmm. with not worrying about what happens next. Um, right. I, it, and honestly, it feels like you're, you're in a good place now to tell this story. Um, yeah. What are you hoping that people get out of this? Because it does seem like a raw, unfiltered mm-hmm. look at what happened to you uh, during the show and after. Yeah, this is this goes all the way from my childhood uh, up to how I got American Idol, what happened during that show, and then my life afterwards, and all the things that I had to deal with. Um, you know, when I got done uh, filming this, now let's be real honest. I don't, I don't know. We don't know what else to call it, so we're calling it a documentary. But it's me just talking into camera for an hour and forty three minutes. Um, I don't think I've seen anything like it. it it's basically it's a one man show with no live audience. That's what I kind of think it is, or it's just one long story with a couple pictures in it. So if you have a documentary in your head, it's not going to look like that. This is just uh, this is a performance piece, a monologue, um, and uh, I ripped my guts open and spilled them all over, and it was a grueling, grueling process. Uh, I relived every painful moment of my life, and through that. Now, my mother passed away a few months after we finished shooting and, and we were in the editing process. So it helped me prepare for that. And then because, uh, you know, my father died when I was 11, I had to go back and, and, and deal with that again as well. But doing this project really helped me. It helped me uh, just deal with everything that I've been through, especially with American Idol. And I think that this project is, is in the end, it's about healing. And it's about forgiveness. And I think a lot of people are going to identify with this because we got, we, we all got something to heal from. A lot of people have things way in their past that are just, it's a, it's an albatross around their neck. Mine just happened to be incredibly public. And, um, I've taken a bunch of shots and and I I just think that when this is all said and done, I don't think you're going to have any, any swings left to take at me. I laid it all out. So that's kind of my hope. I think that this is by far the best thing that I've ever done in my career. And if I don't get, if I don't get acting work after this, I go find a golf course and I'll disappear and you'll never hear from me again. 
<laughs> well, that's a good good attitude to have because I feel like um, this is a story that, again, it's 20 years in the making, 20 years in, in, in intrigue, and I feel like uh, there was – honestly, there's no reason, in my opinion, that you should have been – Again, this is me going off of what what they said on the CNBC show, which is where you basically blacklisted from from Hollywood. I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah, um, I don't know if there's somebody with a list, and you know what I mean. Yeah. Nobody. I, I I don't want to seem like I'm uh, you know I'm paranoid, but I, I know when you know you can't get any of the major agencies to even consider you because of your association with American Idol. There's nothing you can do. I mean, I wanted an acting career, and 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 being on American Idol, I, that's why I thought I can't stay on this show. I can't continue as the host of the show. I'll never have the acting career that I want. And then I did what I thought was the right thing. And it just, it it destroyed everything. And I just thought it'll blow over. (laughs) It is not blown over. you you know a question going going back to, to your exit to uh, of idol and, and that sure you know in hindsight you know again obviously if all things you know knowing what you know now do you think that if you would have done idol for three or four years and then stepped away that you might have had the acting career that you wanted or or do you know you just think you just wouldn't have gotten the chance to do it i i think that i was uh, going down a path where i don't even know if i'd be alive to be honest with you I don't, I don't know. I was in such a state of mental and emotional turmoil. And I, I, I don't, you can't possibly convey to someone what being that instantly famous is like. You just can't. And I, I mean, I don't know what life would have been like. I wouldn't have been able to go anywhere. Uh, it, it's, it's a different way of living. And I just don't really think I would have handled it. Um, and people ask me, do I regret, well, you know what I regret? I regret going on the audition. Mm. But when you say something like that, you know, that's one domino that affects the rest of the path of your life. And, and if I hadn't gone through everything that I've gone through, I might not have gone, gotten to the place where I am now, which is at peace. And I've been at peace for, you know, a little bit now. And I've been tortured my entire life and most of it. And certainly most of my career from Idol. And um, maybe I, look, we're going to get into, we can get into a conversation about quantum mechanics and every possible outcome existing in an alternate reality. And maybe, maybe you're talking to Ryan Seacrest right now and I'm the host of American Idol in another reality. So what are you going to, what's regret? Regret is stupid because whatever you're regretting is already happening. That's where I'm at. You can call it rationalization if you want, but I'm going to, I'm going to call it science. <laughs> well, I, I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's like even if you regret going on that audition, you know, there, there's no changing it. You did it. It happened. You got no, you got you a can't. great gig in the process, you know, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know, it didn't work out the way that, you, you know, we hoped it would have, you know. And, and But here you are now yeah. telling a story, and hopefully somebody out there is going to look back and say, man, my life didn't end up the way I wanted to, and I can get through it, you know, um, here in this yeah. story. Um, you know, Radar Online reports uh, they're they're kind of giving some inside details. It seems like they're they're doing some really good jobs. They're doing a really good job over there at, at kind of giving everyone an inside yeah, look they at are. this. It's been great. Yeah, and so they talked about um, they did an article I think today talking about your your last conversation with with Seacrest uh, at the American Idol finale 
for season 15, which was what's supposed to be the last ever episode of American Idol, and then here it is on ABC. Um, do, do you feel like, uh, first of all, uh, what was that conversation like when they called you and asked you to do that 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 episode? And then do you feel like Idol should have stayed dead? Because I, I kind of do. <laughs> Wow, well, think about who you're asking. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a pretty happy day for me when they uh, finally announced that it was not coming back. Um, look, man, I you know for years I, I I couldn't I couldn't watch television or listen to the radio or go on the internet or read a magazine or a newspaper without seeing something about American Idol. Yeah. It, it was. At its worst, it was the, it was the first thing that I thought of every day when I woke up, and it was the last thing I thought of before I fell asleep, before I passed out. Um, I was a prisoner of my own brain for a long, long time, and it was look, I I wouldn't wish it on anyone. That's not even secret. So when I look, man, I just stand up and I go in, and don't you just want to? I've done live, like the first question don't you want to just punch Ryan Seacrest in the face? And I'm like, I gotta, I gotta be funny and think of something to say. I'm like, no, but I, I would like to kick him in the vagina, you know? And it's just like, <laughs> is that just who I am? Is that who I'm going to be for the rest of my life? Yeah. And, and, and that's what I had to deal with, with doing all these radio and morning TV shows. And when I, when I got the call, I, I, I thought, all right, you've got to be kidding me. And you will see in, in the film, my life was, I went through something after American Idol that made my experience with American Idol look like a, a like uh, like a, a walk in the park, like a picnic. It really put things into perspective for me. Um, so when they called and asked, I, I thought, yeah, I, I absolutely need to do this. And uh, my agent, my manager at the time, were like, all right, we're going to tell them we need this much money. And then they came back and they said, we're going to give them $300. What? And I started laughing. Oh I started. La- I started laughing. And like everybody that's coming back is getting the same rate, three hundred and thirty dollars. I started laughing. And I said, "Tell them yeah, it's not about the money." And uh, they were not happy. They didn't want me to do it. I said, "You're nuts. I've I, I've got to do this." And I'm so glad I did it because uh, you know what I found out was life changing. So um, <clears throat> I'm very very glad that they asked me to do it. Do I wish it would? Yeah, I don't, I don't want it to be around anymore. But you know what? <laughs> you still know my name, don't you? Yeah. And I just, I, it, I just, I don't know. Like, I, it's, I'm a bad smell, man. I just will not go away. Well, yeah, me... I try to. I've tried too many times. I can't go away. Yeah. So I got to face it, and I got to push the arrow through and pull it out the other side. And that's what I did with this film. So here's here's a fun little note. So you and I have been in the same room once before. When's this? Uh, the that night we were both in the press room after after your appearance. And, oh, okay. Uh, we actually, I believe, we interacted with each other, and we may have gotten a photo together. I'm not sure. I have to go back and try oh, to see cool. if I can find it. Um, and it'd be really cool if, if it's true because I, again, like I said, I, I I became obsessed with this story because I'm like, who like not knowing any of the details, who walks away from American Idol? But we're not going to get into that at this point in this time. I'll tell you this. I was in the press room when we heard uh, whatever the announcer said, Brian Dunkelman, and you walked out, and everybody's jaw dropped in that room. <laughs> Everyone was both shocked and excited and confused, cool. and people yeah. were wondering, 
is he going to say something? Is he going to, what's going to happen here? And just letting you know, it was a really cool moment. And the fact that I was able to experience people in the business being genuinely shocked by that uh, is, is good, and hopefully that's a little a little nugget in the future for you to hold on to. And say. it's actually it's actually really cool. That was a very intense day for me. My my sister, who I'm very close with, came out. Uh, she was there. She was there with me for the finale of American, you know, American Idol in 2002. And um, that it just was really great to have somebody. You know what? They wanted to put me in a room with like all the former contestants. I'm like, there's no, I can't be around anybody. I that, I was so nervous. Yeah. And there was so much going through my head and my body. And you know what they let me do? There was a restaurant at the top right across the pl- the, the Renaissance. What is it? The, the, the hotel that's connected. Yeah. And it was opening. I think it was opening day or maybe the second day of the Masters. And I'm a huge golf fan. So I just got to sit there alone and just watch golf. And, man, I'm telling you, I, I right, right before I walked out on that stage, I, I just I thought I was going to have a heart attack. I really, I mean, live television, you can't really explain it. I mean, I grew to really, really love it back then. I was, it was like, it was such an adrenaline rush. It was like a drug, but I really thought my head was going to come off my neck. And as soon as I walked out, it went away. But I made a point that I needed to see Ryan. I had not seen him since the last show we did. It was actually a Vegas special that we did. It wasn't the last finale show. Um, but I knew I needed to see him. I didn't want to see him with a bunch of people around. So during rehearsal. Uh, they took me to his dressing room and, you know, he jumped up and he's like, Hey, Uncle Man. And I, I, I did. I just said, I, I put my hand up. I said, dude, I said, before we go any further, I said, I just, I got to get something off my chest. I want to tell you, I'm, I'm genuinely, I'm really sorry for all the times that we didn't get along back then. And I said, I wish I could go back and change it, but I can't. And I just want you to know, I really, I just wish the best for you and your family. And he was, he, he was taken aback. It, it was genuine. And, uh, and in my head, I thought, is, is there something you'd like to say? But it wasn't about him. It was about me. Because yeah. I, I had been carrying that bag of shit around for so long, and I just decided to drop it. And it was genuine, and he was cool. And then when we did the little rehearsal, um, we did a little hug. And then he looked at me as we're walking, and he's like, hey, should we do the hug? I'm like, you're goddamn fucking right. We're doing the hug. <laughs> and I call my buddy, I call my buddy and he said, you know, what would be funny when you're live, when you do that hug under no circumstances, do you let go? <laughs> I could have done whatever I wanted to in that moment in front of 13, 14 million people. Believe me, it went through my head. Yeah. As I say in the dialogue, as I say in the film, I'm like, I, I could have snapped his neck. I've seen it in movies. I think I could do it. Um, but yeah, that was a pretty, uh, it was a pretty intense moment and, uh, it was genuine. And when we say goodbye, I, I let it all go. I don't know how he feels about me. I don't care. I don't, really don't. Um, this project is not about bashing American Idol. It's not about bashing Ryan Seacrest. It's just me telling people what happened and what I saw and what I experienced. And through the performance of this piece, my hope is that the audience is in my brain and in my heart and experiencing it along with me as I'm telling it. So they can make up their mind. What, how would you have felt? What would you have thought? And what would you have done? Yeah. And I'm very forthright about the mistakes I made and, and the things that I did wrong. And, um, but that's really just my goal. That's it's just to be a, just an honest portrayal. And you, you tell me, you know, how would you have handled it? 
Yeah, well, I mean, I, I can't wait to watch this and, and be able to give you a solid answer on that because, um, you know, there was a long time where when I first got into broadcasting where I'm like, you know, if I can get one-tenth of the success that Ryan Seacrest had, I'd be happy. But, you know, at the same time, you know, coming from somebody who had, at the time, the success of Seacrest, you know, being on the same show, it's a whole different story when you're there, you know? So, uh, Dunkelman, say my name, or no, Google my name, sorry. Google my uh, name. It's just, it's just Dunkelman. Dunkelman. Yeah, that's, just little, that's our little, uh, little tagline. That's our little catchphrase, yeah, Dunkelman. Uh, head over to multimedia.com to watch the trailer in full detail. Brian, I need to do a part yeah, two Yeah, you can you. go to you can go to briandunkelman.com, too, you can see the trailer. We'll be releasing little, uh, you know, little clips and stuff as we get closer to knowing where this is going to find its final home. But, yeah, I would love to talk to you again, man. And I, I, Like I said, I really do appreciate you talking to me and, and that's really cool what you said about the press room that that was uh that was a pretty incredible night for me yeah and, and for all of us and and i you know well, let's talk offline here in, in a second because i, I want to and, and yeah well Hilda, when you find out what was going on and like what i had to do literally three weeks after that night it's, it's really pretty mind-blowing so um <laughs> i'm really excited for people i'm really excited for people to see this yeah, I can't wait. Um, and, uh, you know, stay tuned to multimedia.com. We'll have details uh, as soon as we know more about where this film's going to land and, and how you guys can watch it when it's when it's available. Uh, Brian, thank you so much. Stay online here for just a second. Uh, we'll be back after yeah. this quick commercial break. That was my interview with Brian Dunkelman, the former host of American Idol. I'm ex- I was excited to talk to him, and, and I, as you can tell, with my conversation with Brian, I was extremely excited to be talking to him. And uh, I hope you learned some stuff about his time on Idol. And I'm going to be reaching out to him soon. Hopefully, I can get a screener of the documentary in the, in the near future, or hopefully, the documentary lands somewhere and I can watch it along with all y'all. And we're going to have Brian back on the program to discuss it further. The problem that I had, the only problem I had with this, this interview is I had not seen the film. So I didn't know what the film covered other than the clips that Radar Online had posted. So with that being said, that was my interview with Brian Dunkelman. Now I'd like to take a second and just say, you know, normally during this podcast, we'll talk about, you know, whatever the news of the week is. And sometimes by the time we get to this podcast, the news might be a little old. And that's fine if it's a little old. But... Um, this week with launch, you know, happening, happened to fall, happening to fall on the same week as the 20th anniversary of 9-11, I thought that it would be only appropriate to, um, you know, share some thoughts on the 20th anniversary of of 9-11 and remember kind of where I was and hopefully get you to reflect on, on a couple of things. So I can think back and remember being, uh, I believe I was in the third grade, and I remember getting ready for for school, put my shoes on, sitting on the couch, watching the news, and all of a sudden, I see a plane flying into a building. And I I, I just remember seeing, seeing this plane fly into a building and being completely in shock. 
because in my young life, I had never seen or heard of a plane flying into a building. That type of stuff only happened in movies, and usually it wasn't, um, usually it, it isn't something that's done uh, as a deliberate attack. And of course, as we all took a minute to, to think, we didn't think that it was a, a terrorist attack that didn't come out for a little while. As it happened, I think we all just, the first time, I think we all just thought, oh dang, that pilot was not doing a very good job. And then I remember seeing people jumping out of the buildings. And then I remember seeing the building collapse. And in the weeks and months to come, we heard about terrorism and fear began to climb. And in in the process of all this, we started hearing about what was going on and we started seeing the gear up to go to war. And I spent uh, much of my uh, childhood and much of my adult life with veterans, uh, men and women signing up to go to war in Afghanistan and Iraq. And of course, we eventually ended the war in Iraq and recently ended the war in Afghanistan. And that resulted in 13 service members being killed um, and a terrible, terrible withdrawal from Afghanistan. And I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody on either side of the political aisle believes this was a good or even remotely good um, withdrawal. But with that being said, I wanted to take a minute and say on this 20th anniversary of the attacks on our nation in New York, um, I want to especially emphasize my respect for those who serve the public, police officers, firefighters, military service members. Without you, this country would be at much more of a risk. And the last 20 years has shown that when not only have we been able to, up until recently, be able to prevent um, these terrorist organizations from growing, um, we've also been able to keep the homeland safe. And that's what matters. So to the men and women who've served in Afghanistan over the last 20 years, thank you. To the men and women who whose loved ones died in the last 20 years, uh, my heart goes out to you, and, and, and I love, love your family for doing that. Uh, and for the men and women who ran into the Twin Towers uh, on 9-11 20 years ago, there are no words that... I can say that will make that pain any easier and the ultimate sacrifice that those men and women gave to attempt to rescue people out of a building that was doomed a debt that will never be repaid gratitude that can never be properly portrayed and so with that uh my heart is heavy this week as we enter the 20th anniversary of this terrible, terrible day. And I hope that those of you who have lost people over the last 20 years in result of these attacks and the war and the subsequent war afterwards, I hope that you're okay. And I hope you know that there are many of us out there who still remember and who still love and respect the servicemen and women in both military and civil keep our country safe so with that we're going to take another quick commercial break and then i will tell you about a movie that i think you all you all should watch 
Oh, you're listening on air with Ruben J. It's Ruben J here, and thank you so much for tuning in to this very first podcast. Brian Dunkelman, man, thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. Um, well, it, it, we come to the, the part of the show where I'm going to give you a quick movie guide, uh, movie review, I guess, movie recommendation. Uh, I went over the weekend, actually uh, on Labor Day, I went over to uh, my local AMC got my amc stubs a-list account and got into one of the three free movies a week that i can see and headed over went and saw the candy man uh I, you know it's funny i don't know who the cast is of candy man give me one second i'm gonna pull that up right now uh, i will tell you this before we get into anything uh i originally thought this movie was gonna be a lot scarier than it ended up being uh it ended up just being like one giant mind f mind f uh And uh, it's produced, written and produced by, by Jordan Peele. Uh, Tony Todd, who I believe played the original uh, Candyman. Oh my gosh, I cannot pronounce this guy's name to pronounce my life. Uh, I'm going to try Yahya Abdul-Mateen II. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, was the lead character. Uh, Tayona Paris was also one of the main characters. So it was a great film. Uh, basically the lead actor, um, did, did a really good job. I'm not going to, I'm not going to spoil it to, for you. Um, it was a good, good film. The storytelling was actually incredibly, incredibly well done. Um, and like I said, it wasn't a super scary movie. It wasn't something where like you were screaming the whole time or anything like that. Uh, if anything, it was more of a thriller. So I will, I will definitely call it a thriller over a scary film and actually looking at, never mind. It doesn't say what, what the genre of uh, of the film is, but it's adapted from Candyman and Book of Blood. Books of Blood. It's a great film. Go check it out. ASAP. It's a great film. Jordan Peele does a great job on these type of movies, and I think you will enjoy it. And if you don't, let me know on Twitter at the Ruben J or hit me up on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the Ruben J. Um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to definitely. Definitely hearing your thoughts on this film because I thought it was a great one and I think you will enjoy it. All right, we'll be back next Wednesday with episode two of the relaunch of On Air with Ruben J. I don't know who the guest is just yet, but it's going to be a good time. I know that. It's going to be a really good time. I think you're going to enjoy it. Uh, in the meantime, make sure to follow me on Twitter at the Ruben J. Uh, and actually, that's my handle across all social media platforms. So you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at the Ruben J or go to facebook.com forward slash Ruben J tonight. Um, all of my links will also be available in the bio, uh, sorry, in the description of this podcast. So make sure to follow all of us, uh, make sure to follow me on social media and follow the show at on air with Ruben J. Uh, I believe is the handle. Let me double. I'm sorry. I'm quite an idiot sometimes. Uh, yeah. On air with Ruben J uh, on Instagram. Shoot me a follow there as well. Uh, we'll be posting clips and behind the scenes stuff uh, as the show kicks off for some more fun times. All right, it's Ruben J, and I am out. We'll see you guys next Wednesday for more.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.